Hey, what's up, boys? What's up? <laughs> guess. Yeah. Um, uh, hey, everyone. Uh, welcome to our inaugural episode of the Safety Car Podcast. Uh, my name's Shaq, and I'm joined here with my wonderful co-host, Kevin Torrey. How's it going, guys? Good, man. Thanks for having us. How's everybody doing? Uh, I'm uh, chilling. Day, man. So, uh, as this is our first episode, I guess it's a good idea to just kind of explain to you guys what, what we aim to do. Um, so, we like to look at the Safety Car Podcast as basically a podcast for the everyday Formula One fan. Um, we don't want to get too technical, uh, but we just want you guys to join the three of us pretty much on a week-in, week-out basis as we discuss the in and outs of Formula One and updates of every week. Um, so, right now, we are looking forward to the beginning of the season, this Sunday. We're starting in Bahrain, which is really awesome. Uh, we just had preseason testing about a week and a half ago. Um, so, we're here to, with you guys today to have kind of a quick 2021 season preview. Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to this, this upcoming week. Uh, it's going to be a really fast race, apparently. Uh, quick track, so... Hopefully a lot of excitement. We'll see. We'll see how these driver changes and these car changes um, actually affect things uh, for this year. Get a really, really good good look at how things are going to start to lay out. Yeah. Um, so speaking of driver changes, I think we had quite a bit of stuff that actually happened last year as far as drivers switching around. And it was kind of funny because it all happened before the season even started. Um, I, think, <laughs> I think before last year started, um, I think the Marvels kind of started with uh, Sebastian Vettel. Um, basically being told by Ferrari that they didn't want him anymore. Uh, so that was a rough breakup for, for that couple. Um, a little rough, yeah. <laughs> and I guess Marbles kind of fell from there. So we have Vettel announcing that he's going to Aston Martin, formerly known as uh, Racing Point. Racing Point. Of course. Um, Sainz, Carlos Sainz, going from McLaren and taking Vettel's seat at Ferrari. Who else? Daniel Ricciardo leaving Renault after his second year and really announcing he was leaving before the second year even started. And taking signs and seat at McLaren. Yep. And then 20-year uh, rookie uh, Fernando Alonso taking Ricardo's seat at Renault. <laughs> wow. Wow. What is this newcomer <laughs> going to do in the sport? It's I can't wait to see. I know. I'm really excited to see what he does. I think he's he's young, young tender age of like 40, I think, something around those lines. So Something like that. We'll see how he does. So it's probably yeah. the most casual of the F1 fans here. I got to ask, like, do, do moves like this happen often in the sport? Because it seems like, you know, this is a little uncharacteristic for, uh, for the sport. Yeah, I mean, it's, it was, it was an odd, it was an odd offseason. I don't know if, if Kev agrees, but I think it was made even more awkward by the fact that we hadn't even raced yet. Because I think COVID kind of ruined not really ruined it, but, but made the, uh, what, what we call in F1 is the silly season, when a lot of these like driver moves take place. It made it weird mm-hmm. because normally you don't really see driver moves until maybe like halfway through the season, and you've had some racing and you see how drivers are doing and things like that. Whereas last year, because of COVID, the season got delayed, so we were where we would normally be about like six or seven races into the season. We hadn't raced a single race yet, and yep. drivers were kind of having to make these choices blind without seeing without seeing how a team was doing without seeing without team seeing how the drivers are doing so it, it made it very very awkward and i think that really played into vettel being dropped by ferrari which granted with his performance he probably would have been dropped anyway especially coming off of that kind of weirdly compacted but also seemingly stretched out season 
um, just because of the stop and start and, and COVID. Um, I think that just kind of made all of these moves happen at once versus being like, okay, this person's not coming back next year. This person's not coming back next year or this person's going to get signed and move over here. That would normally have been rumored and happened throughout the season. It kind of all just happened once the offseason started. Got you. Okay, that makes sense. So COVID kind of flipped this up. Well, it not necessarily flipped it upside down, but just made it a little bit extra weird. Yeah, kind of like expedited yeah. all these processes so they just all happened at one time. And it was like just three weeks of insanity. But uh, did we do all of the driver moves? I know um, uh, um, Checo Perez, he Checo is Perez. now backing up uh, the guy, the man at Red Bull. Um, and yeah, Mr. Verstappen himself. Um, and outside of our um, 20 year rookie, we have a couple of actual rookies from Formula Two, uh, three, I believe. Rookies from Formula 2 coming in. Um, Mazepin, who um, has at times been a polarizing figure. Uh, we have Mick Schumacher. Um, so that name returning to the grid um, for the first time in how many years? Good old MSC on the, uh, on the tracker. Uh, oh, yeah. Passed him in since 2012, so 11 years. I can't yeah, count. That is definitely not eleven years. That is definitely nine years. That's nine years. Guys, Maybe, yeah. math, math is my strong suit, guys. <laughs> oh man. Um, and Yuki Tsunoda, um, who actually was blazing through testing, so that's uh, I guess a good sign for Alpha Tauri. Um, but Yuki yeah, so ah, so we got those. Um, <laughs> so we have those three three rookie rookies, and then. Um, the non-rookie rookie coming back to the grid as well. Um, did I miss any other driver changes? I think that's I all think, of them. Some people. I think just on the outs, as far as those rookies coming in, we have Kevin Magnuson leaving, Roman Grosjean leaving, um, the the torpedo uh, leaving over at uh, Alpha Tower. I was going to say Toro Rosso, um, but that's Daniel Kvyat, and then of course. Uh, Sergio Perez is replacing Alex Albon at Red Bull. Yep. So. And uh, important. I guess important to note. What did uh, Grosjean move to? IndyCar, uh, I think. IndyCar, yeah, he moved to IndyCar. So. And he's partnering. F1. I want to say Fittipaldi. I might have that wrong, but I know he's he's only doing half the races. Um, and I'm pretty sure he cited because of his crash. He's only doing either the circuit or the street races. I don't remember which ones. Um, I apologize for not remembering, but he's only doing half of them. And then, um, I, yeah, there's another driver that's going to be doing the other half of them, and I'm pretty sure it's Fittipaldi. Ah, uh, okay. Well, technically it's not F1, so it's yeah. you're forgiven. Right. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, so um, I guess with all these new drivers and team situations, and we'll talk about, I guess, names and such as well, we got some rule changes and regulations, right? Um, a lot to do with downforce reduction. And then we have the cost cap coming in. Um, I did have a question before we move too much further on, if that's cool. Um, yeah. I'm wondering with all the changes that you guys just talked through, 
in your personal opinion, what do you think is going to, which single change is going to have the biggest effect on the landscape, do you think? As far as the drivers themselves? Yeah, um, personal. If I had to yes. pick one, I mm. would probably say, I don't know, it's tough actually. I have two. I, I would say either Perez or Alonso. Um, Perez going to Red Bull just because that's that's a game changer for Red Bull, um, especially if their car is, is solid this year. That could put yeah. them like squarely in the fight with Mercedes. Mm-hmm. Um, Alonso, I'm sure I'll, we'll touch on more later, but I think Alonso just because I think that's going to have big implications for Esteban Ocon um, in his career. Um, just because Alonso kind of has a history of being a, uh, a teammate destroyer. Um, we've we've mm. seen him ruin careers previously, and I'm a little worried for Ocon, I'll say that. Yeah, because he didn't look so bad last year. I think for me, definitely Perez at Red Bull um, sticks out to me. And I guess maybe not the biggest shakeup per se, because um, a lot of these other changes depend on the car itself. But I think Daniel Ricardo, I'm interested to see what he does in a new position just because he's one of kind of the younger younger drivers with a little bit of experience under his belt, one of the younger stars. Um, and so I'm interested to see how his trajectory goes. I think it, it can kind of go one of two ways <laughs> this year. So uh, I, I, I think whichever direction it goes will have kind of a big impact going forward. Cool. So as far as the regulation changes that you're talking about, I know you mentioned cost yeah. cap. So I want to say cost cap is coming in this year, and it's starting at 145 million, and then moving down to 140 million in 2022. And I think it's right. going to keep going down until they get to something like 125 million, if I remember correctly. Um, I believe so. But I personally don't see the cost cap really affecting too much this year. Um, as far as performance, I think we'll see more of an effect when it comes to seeing the cars that they design for next year. Um, just because these cars are basically last year's cars with, with some, some wings taken off, right? Right, um, right, right. So I think the biggest change we'll probably see is from what you're talking about as far as the downforce reduction. Um, so that's, that's kind of, those are, that's the biggest thing for me and, and looking at what, how the landscape is going to change between 2020 and 2021, where realistically outside of those downforce changes, we're pretty much carrying our cars over. Right. Right. Yeah. It was pretty much a, pretty much COVID made it pretty much a carryover year and the new regulations that were supposed to start this year, the new car, all that stuff got postponed, um, until 2022. So we're just kind of seeing the vestiges and little kind of changes people spent there. Uh, well, what we're going to talk about next, I don't want to get ahead of us, but the tokens um, had to spend their tokens wisely this year in order to upgrade things um, or not spend them at all in some cases, um, <laughs> <And> <laughs> which you is... Gotta, eh, gotta but, save your money. You know, gotta save your money. I, I guess, I guess. But um, yeah, so um, this year, the cost cap being you know slightly lower than 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 usual but kind of bringing trying to bring everybody into parity um i think it's only going to kind of improve the competitiveness going forward if it does scale down as they have stated but there is literally no guarantee that it will actually do that yeah 
We hope so. Um, yeah. What's up, Tori? At a high level, I think I understand the tokens, but but what I don't understand is why someone would choose not to spend theirs. Uh, okay. Mm. Um, you want? Well, I... well, can well maybe um. So we got we, we, tokens that are on here. So we'll, we'll we'll definitely answer that when we get there. Um, did we do we want to talk any more about the actual car changes that were um, uh, enforced this year, or just kind of yeah. roll that into the rest of it? Um, so, I mean, uh, so I guess the, the big thing, um, as far as car changes, since there isn't a totally new car, is that he wanted to reduce the amount of downforce, um, on, um, on the cars this year on circuit. And so we have, um, um, change in the shape of the floors, um, at the, at the rear, uh, going over the rear wheel, um, have a reduction in the amount of floor that's directing the air over the rear wheel. Um, so I'll introduce some kind of some some turbulence, some turbulent airflow, and reduce the amount of downforce um, for the rear of the car, um, which is going to end up reducing grip, which um, uh, a couple of manufacturers or constructors had problems with last year. Rear rear downforce and rear grip. Um, there were a couple of spin happy cars on the grid. Um, spin happy is like these are the great some of the greatest drivers on the face of the earth and somehow they're still spinning out so um i i'm interested to see more so how the engineering around that and the reduction of the diffuser fins at the rear um and the ways people are working their way around that kind of affect how the circuit races go because that's because if the cars are a lot more tail happy the people are carrying a lot less speed into corners and it's just going to change the kind of like corner passing dynamic too so that's and, gonna be interesting. And I think that's that's kind of what they're aiming for because I think the problem they had last year, if you guys remember at Silverstone for the, not the 70th anniversary, but the first Silverstone race, we had mm. three, maybe four cars um, have, have tire failures. So of course we had Botas and Hamilton over the front. Um, but a lot of people don't right. also remember that we had Carlos Sainz, the same thing happened to him. Um, and so basically Formula One was afraid that with cars getting even faster this year, um, that Pirelli's tires weren't going to be able to basically manage that load that, that the cars were putting them through on those high-speed tracks. So basically they said, we're going to cut down force to try and slow these cars down so that we don't right. end up with similar tire failures like that. So, yeah. Um, and like you said, what we're going to end up with is, is some interesting some interesting changes as far as driving styles and, and kind of managing the, the cars um, without all that down, down force going into the rear end. So... Yeah, it's gonna Sorry, be it's gonna it. be interesting to see some of those ham-fisted, uh, more ham-fisted drivers uh, manage the the new cars. Hopefully, they've worked it out in testing. But we saw some people didn't get as much time <laughs> as they needed to, to uh, work through that. Um, um, so speaking of those uh, car changes, um, downforce reduction, changes in. Um, rear diffuser floor um there are also uh there's also a token system for other changes this year um to kind of limit the amount of team upgrades um seeing as how this is kind of like a i don't know what you want to call it a gap year a pause year um in between the old spec and the new spec cars that are coming next year so um i guess um i guess the we want to explain the token system and how that yeah. kind of worked in kind of big, broad terms yeah. and pinpoint how people, how a couple of people spent them. 
Yeah, so essentially what happened was uh, once COVID hits, F1 kind of realized, they, all the teams sat down and realized, hey guys, we're going to lose money. We're not going to have all these races. We're not going to get all our TV money. We're not going to have fans in the stands, this, that, the other. So to try and save money, they all the teams agreed that, okay, between this year and 21, we're not going to upgrade our cars and we're going to push back the new regulations because new reg- regulations were supposed to start in 2021. We're going to push new regulations back to 2022 and essentially we're going to just redo this season in 2021, no car changes. Um, and that's what originally was agreed upon, except one problem was that McLaren had already signed a contract with Mercedes to change their engine from Renault. And to do that, they were gonna have to redesign basically the tub of their car. And of course the other manufacturers were like, well, hey, if they get to change something, we should be able to change something too. So they kind of came up with this idea called the token system. And I think it's actually a system they used back in like 2015 or 16 or something like that. Um, and essentially it was each team gets two tokens and they get to make two structural changes to their cars. So aero pieces don't don't require tokens. Um, but if you're making suspension changes, changes to to your crash structure, um, changes to your like your front air box or crash box or things like that, you have to spend tokens. And the amount of tokens being used depending on what you're changing is designated by the FIA and Formula One. Um, so each team got two and Nine out of ten teams used their tokens. Um, McLaren being forced <laughs> to use their tokens on swapping for that Ferrari or for that Mercedes engine because, of course, they had to redesign basically the their the main part of their chassis to to compensate yeah. and accommodate that engine coming from Renault. Um, so, as far as what the teams have done, as as far as their token spending, um, <laughs> we'll start with the obvious. Um, Haas, yeah. the American pride and joy, has not spent a single token. Um, are you sure American pride of joy? Are you sure? <laughs> well, uh, red, red, white, right, and blue. Never mind. Never mind. Red, <laughs> red, white, and blue pride of joy. However you want to look at it. All right. Yeah. 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 Um, oh. <laughs> um. So, Tori, to answer your question from earlier, Haas hasn't spent any tokens, and that's essentially because they want to save money. Um. Basically, for the year for twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one, Haas came in basically saying that hey, we're not gonna. We're not going to develop this car at all. We're basically just going to save money and look towards the new 2022 regulations. They were kind of sitting at the back of the field. Um, they were having a lot of issues with their car. And for them, it just didn't financially make sense as one of the teams with less or a smaller budget than the rest of the field. It just didn't financially make sense for them to put a bunch of money into these seasons when they knew they weren't going to get much of a return. Um, so uh, they sounds so familiar. <laughs> so uh. they essentially just said, hey, we're going to come in and... We're only going to upgrade what we have to to be with within compliance of the regulations, but for the most part, they're just carrying the same car across. Okay. Yeah. Um, from Williams, I don't think we know what Williams spent their tokens on. Nope. Uh, uh, very, very discreet. Yeah. With their token, like whatever they spent it on. Uh, uh, do they have to reveal it ever? So they don't have to, no. Um, and I think we only have two teams that we don't know, and it's Williams and, of course, Mercedes. Mer- Mercedes, um, yeah. Mercedes being a little bolder and basically just outright saying, hey, we don't have to tell anyone, so we're not going to tell we're anyone because we don't want to reveal what we did. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, just kind of, yep, the big boys do what they want to do. Yeah. Um, McLaren, I believe, um, of course, like we said, fitted the Mercedes power unit, so that took up their two tokens for that restructure. Um, mm-hmm. Red Bull, after kind of struggling on their rear suspension last year, 
um, which again, never really confirmed that that was the issue, but we all thought it was. Um, they've redesigned their suspension and have moved to something similar to the Mercedes uh, suspension, as has Ferrari. Um, apparently Ferrari spent their tokens on their rear suspension and transmission. Um, Alpha Tauri, who typically buys their suspension from Red Bull, opted not to buy last year's uh, rear suspension, interestingly, of course. Um, so they spent their tokens on front nose and front suspension and are keeping the suspension from their car from last year on the rear end. Um, Aston Martin uh, basically just went with chassis development, which I thought was kind of an interesting move. Um, and they also did upgrade to the Mercedes 2020 rear suspension, which was kind of free for them, um, just because they mm. buy their parts from Mercedes, so they didn't have to use a token for that suspension. Uh, and then I think Alfa Romeo, uh, they redesigned their front nose box and crash box, which you can kind of see on their new car. It looks completely different from last year. Indeed. So. Indeed. Um, let's see. And then I guess where does... I guess they don't really fit in here. Is that is that Alpine with the ginormous, yeah. like honking air intake above the? Uh, yeah. That doesn't Big really fit boy. into Chunky any boy. kind of token changes. Um, no, I don't know what they spent their tokens on. Actually, now that you mention it, I know they yeah. still have they still have the same body on their car from like for like three years now. Um, they yeah, they've changed. They've changed their, but they've changed. But they did change the shape, so they moved some of that, some of those coolers that were in the side pods up into the the upper intake. So yeah, the, the shape has kind of changed. But um, I wonder if those tokens, like where where they spent theirs, or if they have <laughs> spent I think, theirs. I know they did. So I think they spent it on the rear end of their car. I don't think moving because I know they they moved the the inner cooler and stuff, and that was just a balance thing because. It allowed them to like basically make everything centerline and more aerodynamically efficient, but I don't yep. think that's a token change. Is uh, there any time stipulation change. on? Sorry, um, I was saying, is there any time stipulation on when these tokens need to be spent by and when these changes need to be made to the to the vehicle, or can you kind of like make these upgrades as the season can, is in progress, or should this be done beforehand? So I believe. And Kevin, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I think all the tokens had to have been spent before the beginning of the first race of the season. Like, I think whatever you're spending okay. your tokens on has to be on by race one. Okay. Not necessarily in testing, but by race one. So, yeah. Gotcha. I, so, from what I could tell, at least from the jump, you could. I'm not sure whether this actually stuck. Um, no, that's pretty. Uh, only between that date and the end of. Yep, so if you pretty much had two tokens to uh to to kind of to kind of get through your changes for this year and what? it was by the beginning of or no. So from what I'm seeing at least it's from round some had to be some changes had to be set up for the next year, I'm meaning set up in 2021 during the season. Uh, by round one and others had to be chosen by round eight and but you still had to use all of them between then and the end of the 2021 season so um everybody has pretty much pretty much made their changes during the off season um uh, so i mean 
Yeah. One thing uh, I don't so, understand yeah. at a at a high level here is if I if I'm in this uh this arena and I'm seeing a car that's dominating and it's just fast out of this world, what stops me from copying that that format exactly and uh-huh. creating a carbon copy of a different vehicle? Is it are there rules in place that say you have to be X amount different from this other vehicle? Like how does that work? Uh, um, yes, the pink, the pink, the actually, pink Mercedes conversation. Right. Yes, um, as Kevin just kind of talked about last year, we had a car that we called the pink Mercedes, um, and so it was the Racing Point team. Mm-hmm. Um, so Racing Point's always been like this kind of like little scrappy team. They've always kind of like punched above their weight, and they've done really well doing so. And a year and a half ago, they got bought out by this Canadian billionaire, Lawrence Stroll. And he brought a bunch of money into the team. And before the new regulations took place, they decided, hey, you know what? We buy Mercedes engines. We buy Mercedes, like a bunch of different parts from Mercedes. Mercedes builds this amazing car. Why don't we just build a Mercedes? And so essentially what they did, or what they claim they did, is they took a bunch of pictures of the 2019 W11, which is Mercedes 2019 car. And I guess they took that back to their factory and took it to CAD and redesigned to the best of their ability, at least the aerodynamic system or structure of the 2011 championship winning Mercedes. Um, now, there's technically no rule against doing that, but you have to be able to prove that you designed the car yourself, meaning yeah. you have to be able to prove that Mercedes didn't just hand you hand you maybe like a, a blueprint and say, hey, this is exactly all of our pieces, just just print them or 3d print them or whatever the case may be um, right and put them together and so that was a big thing last year because the other teams were very upset because the racing point went from being this decent team to all of a sudden having a super quick car and testing and it looked exactly like the the mercedes from the year before um and yeah, it, they, they were could, absolutely yeah. bugging out <laughs> it yeah. was it was actually like a huge deal before the start of the season and they were like trying to get the what like points off points removed so uh, i think alpine or renault at the time they um they protested um racing point at the first four races of the season thinking that if they won that they would they would lose basically be disqualified from every one of those contests where they would where they protested them um finally the fia kind of sat down and they had a meeting with with all the te- well, not with all the teams, but with the protesting teams. So mainly Alpine, I think Alpine or Re- Renault, um, McLaren, Williams, and Ferrari, all filed yep. um, all filed grievances, um, basically against Mercedes and and Racing Point. Mainly Racing Point, but they allege basically that Mercedes helped Racing Point um, by giving them plans for these parts. And what Alpine did was they, instead of targeting something that they could see on the car, they targeted the, um, the brake ducts on, on, the, uh, on the racing point, basically saying that, hey, listen, we understand you could have taken pictures and copied everything else, but you can't see their brake ducts from pictures, so there's no way you could have, you could have copied their brake duct structure. And essentially, they, they had like a whole hearing. It was basically like a little court case. And the FIA deemed that somehow Aston Martin or Racing Point at the time had violated the rules as far as designing the, the part, basically saying that they, they don't think they could have just gotten this, this structure down just from pictures. 
So because of that, they lost points. I think they lost 15 points total and were fined $400,000. But because the part technically was legal and the part itself wasn't against any regulations as far as what can be put on the car, um, they got to continue using the part for the rest of the season. So it was... Okay. Yep. Interesting. Neither side was very happy about the decision, but... (laughs) Yeah, at all. (laughs) Like a perfect solution, but not solution at the same time. But, um, so we have Bahrain on the 28th, so mm-hmm. coming up in, um, this weekend. Uh, five days. Seen, yeah, five days. Seen the track preview. Looks very quick. Um, I, the layout, I, uh, I, I dig the layout a lot. Um, then we have Imola coming up after that on April 18th. Um, and, you know, schedule is, is, is posted, but I guess... Are there any, Shaq, are there any races that you're particularly looking forward to this year? Um, or you, uh, or anything you're looking to, I guess, see, like, run that back, like, see if that's changed? Um, oh. I know Sochi was super boring last, last year for me, personally. Um, just, there was, there was, there was literally no passing going on. It was a very very bland race and I'm pretty sure they rearranged their track um, because of how much of a snooze fest it was um, talked about being Um, so I'm kind of interested in seeing that one I wonder if you had any um, Um, races you want to see so I think I think I'm kind of with you right there with uh, with Sochi I'm not interested in in that race at all Um, I know they proposed a turn 2 change um, I think they were talking about maybe doing almost like a Bahrain turn one, um, where mm. it's like that that heavy hairpin and then into the turn two, which is like a nice left-hander. Um, I think they were talking about doing something like that. I don't know what the, the outcome was. Um, but as okay. of now, I could miss Sochi. Um, I'm not very excited that we're going back to Power Card. I mean, I understand we have to have a race in France, but I just feel like at Paul Ricard, they have so many different track layouts that they could use, and they I feel like they just like went through all the iterations and picked the most boring one. So unless they're going to change the layout, uh, I'm probably going to be sleeping through that race. <laughs> gotcha. Um, and then Abu Dhabi, I think, is just, as a season ender, man, it's just not, it's not it. Like, it's it's almost like a baby Russia. You don't really see much overtaking. Whoever, whoever starts on pole... You're, you're going to finish there. It's almost like... Well, I mean, it's kind of like that end-of-the-season layup, if you ask me. Yeah. So I, I would much rather see one of those faster faster circuits go on at the, the last one. Bring some kind of excitement um, instead of kind of blowing, our, blowing it out. Um, okay. I'm really excited for Portimao coming back. I think that was a, that was a great race to watch last year. And just because of like how, how hilly it is, um, the elevation changes are awesome to watch. Um, oh yeah. Hopefully the tracks are a little bit more grippy than it was for the first couple laps last year. That was a mess, um, but yeah. that'll be awesome. Um, I always love Silverstone, and I think that's. I honestly, I'm just looking forward to Silverstone because we're gonna have Sir Lewis Hamilton driving down the Hamilton Straight, and the Crafty jokes are gonna be amazing. I can't wait. We're gonna um, want to start. So I guess we want to look at kind of like the teams for this year, as far as kind of where they stand now and kind of what we expect from them. I guess. Mm-hmm. This yeah, that's. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, so let's throw it in reverse order. Start with uh, start with the legendary Williams. Um, as we know, sold last year by the Williams family to Doralton Capital, which is basically a um, 
investment company from the U.S. Um, we they haven't really told us what they want to do, but historically, what they've done is they basically just purchase purchase businesses or companies and flip them basically, uh, make them profitable and sell them. Um, so we'll see if they do the same thing with Williams. But I mean, essentially, as far as as far as the team, they're one of I think only three teams that are returning the exact same line, lineup from last year. Um, so of mm-hmm. course we have George Russell, uh, Mercedes junior driver, um, and Nicholas Latifi, uh, the Canadian wonderkind. Um, what do you expect from Williams this year, honestly? Last in the constructors know, last honestly. year, and I think zero points for the last two years. So, you think they score points this year? Not knowing how they spent their tokens and looking at their pace. I mean, George Russell is always is always like just spectacular. He's kind of, I in my personal opinion, hamstring just because he's still on the Williams team. Um, we know that given a superior car he is a front he can be a front running driver um and so i don't but given that he's still on williams i know there was uh, there were all these rumors swirling last year um about him somehow joining the the main mercedes team and backing up lewis hamilton um him being still being in a williams this year as as uh, you know as far as the expectations for Williams go I don't think anything really changes I don't think anything really changes to 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 be frank if they're not changing drivers we have no clue how they spent their tokens uh, I'm not going to um, I'm not going to you know really put any, any stock in them upgrading their status I'm gonna I almost agree, but I'm going to take one step, and I think they're going to take one step up the ladder. I think they're going to be P9, and I think points are in hand, at least at least two points throughout the season. Um, and so my only reason for kind of saying that is because Haas managed to score points last year, and this year we know Haas is pretty much fielding the same cars. They're not, they're not upgrading their cars at all, whereas Williams just got new money coming in, um, and we know they are, they are working on their cars in some some shape or form so I think they kind of have to beat Haas um, if they don't then I'm really concerned um, and I, th- I think they'll score they, they have to get lucky at some point I mean we have 23 races this year that's six more than last true. year they have to get uh, lucky somewhere they, they, and score, yeah, they do have score a point somewhere right um, so yeah, that's, that's yeah. kind of my guess with them but I think like you said kind of more of the same they're going to be at the back of the pack it's not like they're magically going to jump up to P5 um, we'll see Mr. Saturday George Russell doing great things in qualifying and then Probably trailing off at most of the races, um, but I think points are on hand this year. I don't think they'll make it three years in a row um, with George Russell with no points. So um, I think coming in ninth place last year, we had Haas. Um, they scored a total of three points um, off the backs of veterans Roman Grosjean and Kevin Magnussen, who are both no longer with the team. Uh, op- Haas opting for two rookies, um, as Kevin mentioned earlier with Mick Schumacher and Nikita Mazepin. Hey, yeah, how Haas, you feeling about this one, man? How you feeling about this one, man? I, no tokens. I, I don't see them being anything more like outside of P10. I just they like you said, no tokens. Um, we have two rookie drivers who, and I'm I'm gonna get killed for this. I I think Mick Schumacher is a good driver, but I think a lot of people are looking for him to be a savior and be like his father, and he's not his dad. He's good. No, nope. he's yeah. good, but he's 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 a slow starter. We've we've seen it with him in all the junior series. 
um, especially enough too. It, it kind of took him a year to, to get up to speed. And then he was, he was really good last year, very consistent. I still think neither of these two are the best rookies coming into the sport this year. Nope. Um, I think he's solid. I also, outside of all the, the issues with Nikita Mazepin, as far as his driving, I think he's solid. He's a bit aggressive. I think he's still solid, though. And I don't think these two drivers, as far as ability, are as far apart as people think they are. Um, oh, oh no, no, no! I agree with you there. I don't, I don't think there's there's a, a any kind of like large skill gap between these two. Um, just a difference in style, yeah. if anything. Um, but as far as the team goes, I definitely. Like, I don't expect better from them. I can see why you maybe put them in 10th and drop them below um, drop them below Williams and have Williams move up to 9th. Um, but I really think, like, I don't want to call it, like, a fight for the bottom because like, <laughs> it kind of sounds like, you know, I'm, like, kind of shitting on both of these teams. But um, I really think that with no changes to the Haas car and with limited or unknown changes to the Williams car, I think it's really going to be like a sort of like neck and neck thing between them. So a lot of stuff's going to happen, have to happen ahead of them both. And so I just kind of see them both occupying the same places and yeah, just the bottom. I'm just lumping those two together, um, like two places together, but. I think Aston Haas yeah. is the other kind of, like like you lumped the bottom two together, I kind of lumped them together as the bottom three last year, um, with Alfa Romeo kind of leading the, the bottom three pack. Um, <laughs> yeah. And granted, I feel like a lot of this was probably down to Ferrari just having a underwhelming power unit last year. We um So they do have the upgraded Ferrari unit this, this year, which... Mm-hmm. I mean, we're and we're not all sold on whether it's actually that much better or not yet. Yeah. Um, and so we have to actually see it on track, and Bahrain's going to be a really good place to kind of see uh, yeah, how how she runs. Yeah. Because um, yeah, they can't keep up off the line. They they qualify well, but sorry, I'm now I'm, I'll save the rest of that stuff for Ferrari. But for Alfa <laughs> Romeo. Um, same driver lineup as last year. Yeah. Got Kimi still in there. Um, eh, eh, yeah. You know? So that's exactly how I feel about eh. Alpha too. Like I just feel like eh. I feel like they're kind of stale. Um, they return to the same drivers. I don't Damn. see much changing with Alpha. I feel like they've been kind of in the same place for the last like four or five years. Um, I don't. I don't get the driver lineup to be honest with you. Like, listen, really Kimi Raikkonen, legend, F one champion. Legend. Yes. Can't take that away from him, but at the same time, Kimmy, how old is Kimmy Harkin now? Like 40, 41? Four, at least 41. 40. Yeah. And let's let's be honest with ourselves. Since his comeback at Ferrari, he hasn't really been lighting the timesheets alight. Like he he's not the Kimmy of old. This isn't this isn't 2007 2007 Kimmy Raikkonen. Um, right. He's it's, 41 by the way. Right. Oh, there we go. See, 41. I mean, he's I'm not saying King Ryan is not a great driver. He has his performances where he you just look at him and you're like, how did how did this guy at 41 just do that? But on a right, weekend but... recap basis, I think I think he's lost some of his edge. And my my question kind of with Alpha is like, 
I don't get the bringing back Antonio Giovinazzi. I understand. It's, I don't know if it's just an Italian thing. I don't want to just like make that assumption, but I feel like he should be beating Raikkonen like handily at this point. Because he should, yeah. I that that I that I also don't get. Like, okay, you would think that Kimi would be solid veteran backup, and you would have this younger guy kind of striding ahead would be I guess my thoughts if I was you know team principal but that's not what's happening here yeah and I'm I'm a little confused as well because Giovinazzi is a Ferrari junior or he was a Ferrari junior he's technically a Ferrari driver so I I wonder if it was an alpha call or a Ferrari call because I mean Ferrari has Robert Schwartzman and Callum Eilat kind of waiting in the wings and Maybe they don't believe in Callum Eilat, but I think Schwarzman is the real deal. And maybe they just wanted him to have another year in F2, but I personally think he'd be better than Giovinazzi. And I just, I don't know. I don't understand keeping him around. I like the guy. He's a really cool guy. But for, even for the last two years, he's put in some good performances. But then he'll just have, like, random random just, days, like at Spa, where he just randomly runs into a wall. And no one knows how he did it. And it's it's just a little odd for me. I don't know. Um, yeah, he's kind I, of anonymous, I guess I would say. Now that you bring up the the, the junior drivers, uh, I think they I think they will. With the since this is such like a since this is still like gap year, it's like a pause year. Um, maybe they are waiting to make that kind of jump until they have kind of this new car, new kind of excitement around. F1 and the team to kind of make some sort of change like that and maybe put one of the junior drivers on this team versus versus making some kind of change like that this year and then they have a whole new car to learn next year. Yeah, that's valid. Um, but, I mean, we'll see. They're still going to be below <laughs> below what, 6th, 7th place yeah. anyway, so um, this year, that's my that's my prediction. We'll see how things go. Yeah, I don't I don't see them moving anywhere. Right above them was um, Alpha Tauri. Yeah, um, right. Alpha so, coming uh, off Alpha to Alpha. Yeah. <laughs> this year's gonna be crazy. Well, the names and the colors are gonna be insane. I don't know how I'm gonna recognize yeah. anyone. <laughs> yeah, like oh, it's everyone's blue. Point, which is now Aston Martin. No. Williams blue. is blue. Alpha Tauri is blue. <laughs> Like, okay, we get it. We get it's, it. Blue is a popular good. racing color. So is red. <laughs> but, like, at least at least Aston Martin is green. At least we yeah. got a little bit of spice. But, um, so Alpha Tauri, we got this year Gasly and Yuki Tsunoda coming in yeah. as the rookie, yeah. um, who looks actually really good. Um, so far in testing, that's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how, uh, how that goes for them this year um, yeah. as a kind of lower midfield team. Yeah. Um, this is one of the, honestly, this is probably my second or third like driver pairing that I'm really interested in. Um, and that's just because I think last year, like Alpha, not really so much Alpha, but Pierre Gasly is coming off probably his best season um, of his F1 career. Um, obviously winning a race at Monza, um, which was Alpha Tauri or Toro Rosso's first win since Seb won at Monza in 2008, which was an insane race. So him coming off that, that super high 
I'm I'm really interested to see how he's going to cope with having another really fast driver next to him. Um, being partnered with Daniel Kvyat last year, who I think can be fast on his day. I think Kvyat just kind of has these ups and downs where he disappears for a while. And so having someone like Tsunoda, who I'm really high on, I think he's he's just really talented. Um, coming out of Japan, I think only two years ago was his first time leaving Japan and coming to Europe to race. Um, came in for F3 and then F2 last year, where he finished P3 and F2 in his first year in F2. Yeah. Um, but I, I think this, this kid is really fast. He learns really quickly. And he's he has a controlled aggression, I guess I would call it. And I'm, I'm really interested to see how, how, how this goes with Gasly. Um, it's, I think it's really going to put Gasly in perspective for us, how he does against Tsunoda. Mm-hmm. I almost yeah. think what for... I saw... Yeah. Oh, yeah. From, from what I saw of F2 last year, just trying to keep track of who might be coming to F1, um, I really enjoyed um, Tsunoda's driving um, and the performances I saw. So that's kind of one of my... <clears throat> I guess not technically a driver change. It is a driver change because he's he's replacing Daniel Kvyat. But um, she's just one of my like people to watch. Not even in relation to Pierre Gasly, but he's definitely going to I think push him in in, in the same car. Um, so that's going to be interesting for AlphaTauri and whether that pushes them pushes them both upwards and possibly pa- past a gosh I mean they're possibly past a like uh, Alpine um, or, or up into that range and like past that like you know sixth place spot yeah. we'll see or it could just kind of like you said put Gasly in perspective um, we uh, let's see then man the surprise placement of last year um, oh. In sixth place, right? Yeah. Well, not surprise. Yeah, surprise of last year, uh, which yeah, turned into quickly a large disappointment, because yeah. um, we what we thought was a, a anomaly turned out to be just how it was <laughs> as yeah. the season went on, or how it would be. Um, Ferrari was in sixth place in the championship last year. Yeah, it was um, rough year for the uh, for the red team. It's yeah, very. Very tough year. Um, <laughs> they had what looked like a to say it really. It's rough. Yeah, what looked like a a kind of un, either at at times uncontrollable um, or at times snappy car, and then at times um, literally no power, <laughs> um, yeah, no passing power, um, which just it was kind like of a, made them. It was basically a slow car with high drag, which is like absolutely like the worst of both worlds. And right, we'll we'll never know because they're never going to admit it, and they have this private agreement. But we all speculate, of course, that they were finding some way to bypass the fuel flow sensors in their car in in twenty nineteen, and getting a nice nice power boost down the straights from that. Um, and what that what that power allowed them to do essentially was put a bunch of downforce and like drag. Basically, they had like an inefficient aero package which is creating drag and when they lost all that power they still had all that drag on that car and it was just compounded last year into this unwieldy thing vehicle I guess which had terrible yeah. balance that Leclerc and Vettel kind of had to try and drag around the track uh, 17 right. times and, so. and 
Yeah, and and one of them looked better than the other at doing yeah. that, for sure. And I um, think that's what stood out to me last year, um, was as bad as Ferrari looked, if Sebastian Vettel had performed at the same level as Charles Leclerc and had gotten within, like, a couple points of him, Ferrari would have been P4 in the championship as opposed to P6 where they ended. And yeah, which would have been... Vettel. Yeah, which would have been so, which wouldn't have been that far off, right? Still, right. top three, you know, right outside of the top three. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was honestly one of the bigger surprises. It was Leclerc's like very, um, in you know, his great performance in spite of, well, what, you know, what was going on with with the car or what seemed to be going on with the car. It was all the there was all this oh what has gone on with the Ferrari it's fallen blah 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 when we did know about this fuel flow it you know issue thing but it was kind of like a hand wave you know <laughs> they fixed it but you'll never know what they fixed because we didn't yeah. tell them to fix anything sort of deal um, but seeing Sean Leclerc, Charles Leclerc like perform like that was. Um, definitely a positive for Ferrari and which is probably what led them to make their driver changes and pick up Carlos Sainz who did his thing last year in the oh god McLaren in the McLaren the with his orange buddy um and they consistently um did their thing um so him moving up I think will possibly add that consistency to Ferrari between the two drivers so there won't be maybe as big of a gap with this supposedly better car which yeah. we'll see that's kind of the outside of science that's kind of like the the biggest thing is is this car any better than last year's car like you know um, yeah. I forgot where I Ferrari spent their tokens but you know uh, I their rear suspension. I think they adopted a suspension similar to Mercedes last year as well, if I remember correctly. Um, I don't think Ferrari can get any worse. I think they have to go up. How far up? I'm not sure. To be honest with you, I don't think they're gonna be up there with McLaren or maybe even Aston. But so I, I think I, I think say, they're in for this year. Go you think they sneak a P three? No, I don't think so, man. I I think I think um, I think McLaren looks strong. And Aston, I don't know because I, I feel like they had some trouble in testing. Um, but I, I think McLaren looks strong. So I think Ferrari this year, their best bet is just beating Alpine to the punch. And maybe Aston, depending on how that Aston comes out of the gate. And also depending on how Vettel's doing over there. Um, but I, I, they, can't go, they can't get worse. I, I think it's going to be like a, P, a P5, maybe a P4 for Ferrari this year. Um, like you said, I, the gap's not going to be as big between signs and and Leclerc as it was last year between Vettel and Leclerc. But I I still think Leclerc is going to beat Sainz relatively handily, and I think more so just because Leclerc has now had two years in that team to kind of embed himself, and Carlos Sainz is going to be coming in and learning learning a new... Um, kind of learning a new team, learning a whole new car, um, a whole new way of operating. And I think just Ferrari as a, as a team can be very... Daunting, I guess I would I would say. Um, so I think it's going to take a bit for science to get comfortable there. Um, yeah, for sure. And for then sure. 
for Leclerc, the only thing I want to really see from Leclerc this year, because I know he's a great driver, is less mistakes. I think I think he's still kind of in that young, almost like a almost like I I liken him to kind of Verstappen in his first like three or four years in F one where he was just like ridiculously fast, and it was either like I'm gonna win or I'm gonna crash. I'm not saying Leclerc always crashes, and of course part of it is the fact that he's having to like get every like quarter or like millisecond he can out of this unwieldy Ferrari. Um, But I think last year he had quite a few accidents that he caused that he could have avoided. Um, One of which, of course, two of which actually, I think, being with his teammate. But I'd like to see a little Uh, more consistency from him, I think. Yeah. Yeah. For for sure. Um, uh, Let's see. These are the the kind of big boys. Um, Yeah. Get into the heavy hitters coming up. But um, yeah, so we got. Alpine came in fifth last year. Um, like, what do, what do we really want to say about them? New new driver in, in the, I guess, replacing their quote-unquote lead driver. Um, Daniel Ricciardo. Um, we got Tori's, Fernando Alonso, the, 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 the young, the, the very young Fernando Alonso yeah. coming back uh, to F1. Yep, rookie Alonso. So we'll see if that brings him with, I guess, increased energy. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, I'm. So, do you see them? Do you see them maintaining maintaining um, fifth place in constructors? Do you see? I think they're um, gonna Ferrari jump jumping them. I th- so I, th- I think Ferrari's going to jump them, and that's just because, like I said, I don't think Ferrari can get worse. They're going to come with a stronger power unit this year. Um, that's It has to happen. They they have a bunch of money. They spent, I'm sure they spent a bunch of money last year um, trying to get that power power unit approved. Um, so I think it's going to be hard for Alpine to, to keep Ferrari behind them. Um, outside of that, I kind of expect more of the same from Alpine. I know we have Alonso replacing Ricardo. But at this age, I don't see a, perform- a big performance gap between Alonso and Ricardo. I don't expect to see one. Um, so I don't think Alonso is going to like magically jump them up any places in, in the constructors. Um, I think it's kind of like a fairy tale return, the prodigal son returns to the team where he won his championships, which is going to be like awesome to see. I think he's still going to be a very quick driver. Um, yeah. Very good at race management, which has always kind of been Alonso's strong suit. But at the end of the day, I think Alpine's still Alpine. And I think with, with their team changes, I mean, we had Cyril Abitable kind of like mysteriously leaving, and that's still never really been explained. Um, and of course, we have them not replacing him with the team principal. Um, instead, they have uh, Martin Bukowski and Davide Brivio coming over from MotoGP, which is kind of cool. But I think just with all those changes, this is going to kind of be a year of are figuring things out for them. Um, so uh-huh. I, don't, I don't see them doing much. I think they're probably, as a team, just going to be looking towards 2022 um, to really hit the ground running with the new regulations. So I'm saying probably P6 for Alpine. P6? Yeah. Okay. I can see that. I can see that. Dumb question uh, that I meant to ask earlier, but I kind of got sidetracked. Uh, what's the difference between the Drivers' Championship and Constructors? Is the Constructors okay. an aggregate? Yeah, essentially. So each team has two drivers. Um, so the Constructors' Championship is just the combination, the team that has the most points combined for their two drivers, whereas the drivers is just the sole driver that has the most points. Gotcha. Essentially. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So exactly what you were thinking. 
Yeah. And so, for the last seven years, we, you know, we know Mercedes has won them both, so. <laughs> yeah, kind of dominant in that respect. Uh, working our way up to them, um, Aston Martin, uh, fourth last year, um, formerly known as Racing Point, the pink Mercedes, as they were so affectionately called, um, and protested against last year. Um, let's see, they got through most of the season with a photographed and definitely not directly copied or um, um, acquired uh, 2019 Mercedes car. Um, so um, <laughs> a lot of their performance last year um, was better than expected and it looked very quick. They looked able to spoil uh, other midfield teams' days and really challenge for the, that front, those front two rows. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess though they were one of my, I guess, favorites to watch last year, particularly um, with per- Perez, um, Checo. Um, and so I'm interested to see how adding Vettel to this lineup um, and the actual team changes um, really um, kind of affects their place, whether they'll go up or down. Um, I think Lance Stroll is very uh, like, I'm going to drive. And then uh, it's very like pushy, pushy kind of driving style. And it's like, and sometimes it's a very, you know, why you could have done, not done that. Mr. Stroll, I don't know why you decided to do that. Um, There were a, a couple of crashes like that last year that didn't involve anybody else um that were kind of weird to watch on replay so i'm interested i'm interested i'm interested to see how those play out uh whether whether he's um a more controlled driver uh how how vettel's influence will affect him him being i guess more of a vet um yeah i think if vettel comes in and beats stroll um, I, I think Lauren Stroll is going to have a lot of questions to answer because he, Sergio Perez won, won the race last year and he dropped, he dropped Perez and kept his son. Um, which, which was like already highly controversial. Like, yeah, already looking at <laughs> still. like, okay, what's going on? Perez beat Stroll soundly in the championship. Both of them missed, missed races due to COVID and I you just look at it and we we know why he's there right his dad owns the team daddy bought him an f1 team which is okay i i have no problem with nepotism um but at some point and i, I you know um, here's the thing is i i used to really not like stroll i think he's gotten a lot better since he's coming to f1 um mm-hmm. and I, I think he's a good driver i think he's a solid driver but he's never going to be a world champion he's never going to be one of the top guys i think he's just a solid middle of the pack probably around like 14th 15th best driver on the grid type of guy um that's okay there's 20 guys you're top 20 in the world that's fine um but if sebastian vettel after struggling at ferrari um comes in and and beats him in his first year uh i, I think lawrence Scholl is gonna have some questions to ask yeah yeah I, questions to yeah answer, really. i he, he sh- i think he should have been the one to be let go yeah. last year 
personally. Um, I hadn't even gotten into that. Um, he should have been let go last year just because uh, Checo pretty much drove his ass off um, and really, really pushed and gave a lot of people trouble. Um, and so, yeah, I think your boy's out of here if <laughs> if he, he, gets, uh, he starts getting spanked by Vettel. Um, which and it's constantly looking I, at his taillights. And I, I think he is. Um, that's that's kind of my prediction for this team. Is I think I think Vettel does beat him. Um, I know Vettel is coming off a really bad year, um, but we're we're eighteen months out, or a, a little more than eighteen now. Um, but we're probably about yeah eighteen to twenty months out from Sebastian Vettel that won in Singapore, um, a Sebastian Vettel Vettel that was leading the race in Russia in in twenty nineteen. Um, this this guy has four world championships. He didn't just forget how to drive overnight. So I'm yeah. thinking this is going to be more of like a 2014 to 2015 thing where at the end of his stint with Red Bull, he just kind of felt like the team wasn't behind him and lost confidence and then got to Ferrari and was kind of reinvigorated. And I think we're going to see something similar to that. I'm hoping we're going to see something similar to that because I think we all want to see Sebastian Vettel do well. I think we all like him just as a person. He's a really kind of chill, chill guy, um, pure racer. Last of the, last of the old school racers, I like to call them. Um, mm-hmm. Just about just about driving, and uh, yeah, I think, I think I think he beat Stroll. Um, as far as the team itself, I don't see them going much farther than they are right now. Um, P four. As long as so they can. P- Good. No, so you think P four again in twenty twenty one? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, it's it's gonna depend, I guess, on on McLaren. I think it's just gonna be between these t- those two teams for the the third spot, and the constructors. Um, yeah, I was I about think, yeah I was about to ask if you really see the the same top three, for this year. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking I, at it. I'm, uh, you know, the, depending on depending on what we're talking about, that's kind of how it's gonna go. At, at least at least three and four, I think it's gonna be the same. I mean, it. I guess it depends on on that, that Aston car. And I think the Aston car is honestly the one I have the most question marks about in the, on the grid just because they did have a lot of problems in preseason testing. Um, so we didn't really get to see a lot of running from Vettel and things like that. So depending on what they show up to and show up with in like four days for qualifying, um, we'll have a better idea there. But I, I think P4 is pretty safe. Um, it's either going to be a three or four. I don't see them falling anywhere below that. So that's what I'm looking yeah. at for them. All right. Um Excuse me. Next up, we got McLaren, yeah. third place okay, last year. <laughs> yeah. Um, with the da, 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 Lando Norris rolling back around, and now Daniel Ricciardo. Yeah. In the seat over there. Um, I don't know. How do you feel about this one? Um, um, I think I think we're looking at another P three. Honestly, like like I said, I think it's gonna be three four between them and between them and Aston. I'm leaning a little bit more towards McLaren just because I really do believe in Ricardo. Um, Same. If he can figure out the braking on this car faster than he did on the Renault, because I think that's what he really struggled in his first year with Renault, I think he's going to be a force to be reckoned with um, in races this year. Uh, we know the McLaren car is strong. We, we, we've seen it. We saw it last year. Um, and I think switching to the Mercedes power unit that it's only going to get better. I think I think that's going to be a big jump for them as long as they don't have any like installation issues, which it didn't really look like they did. They ran a lot of laps in, in testing, so uh-huh. I think they're going to be a sol- yeah. solidly P three. 
Um, I don't see them pushing the top two. I don't see them pushing Mercedes or Red Bull, really. But I think they're going to be solidly on that third step. Um, probably sneak a couple podiums in on days when a couple, one or two of the top two get, top two team guys are out of the race for whatever reason. Um, mm-hmm. My biggest thing with this team is going to be really just um, the, the battle between Norris and Ricardo. Um, I think... I think this is going to be a big, a big year for Lando Norris. Um, he's being paired up with Daniel Ricciardo, who's obviously a proven race winner. He has six or seven races, race wins, I think, in F1. A um, bunch of podiums. Um, Norris has been in the team now for two years, going into his third year in F1. Um, he's going to be looking to kind of cement himself as, hey, this is my team. And Daniel Ricciardo, I don't think it's going to make that easy. Uh, we know he can, can be a very dominant guy. Um, yep. So I'm really looking to see how those two how those two work out and what Norris can do against Ricardo because I think that's really going to tell us a lot about who Lennon Norris really is as far as an F1 driver. So I think that's what I'm looking forward to the most. Yeah, I think it's going to be another uh, another close race between the two drivers on the McLaren team um, as far as points go. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see who actually who actually does come out on top in the points between these two, um, and I think that's only going to serve to keep McLaren kind of at the same like very competitive level but still not allow them to jump the top two for the Constructors Championship yeah agreed uh, yeah um so top two. The top two yeah top two um so we have Red Bull um, Red Bull so as we know Red Bull in Red second Bull. place last year Red Bull with the Honda Power Unit um, finished second place last year with Max Verstappen and Alex Albon. Um, Max Verstappen handily outscoring Alex Albon. Um, I think it was like 200, maybe like 15 points to about 100 points. Um, so more than double the points. Yep. I'm, um, trying to, I'm trying to figure out what was more awkward to watch. Um, was either Verstappen like completely outclass his teammate or watching... <laughs> Valtteri Botas like just get oh it's so close uh, oh you thought you had it uh, no you can't get it uh, nope no nope. <laughs> he's pulling away uh, he, oh no your tires failed uh, uh, and never be able to catch uh, Lewis Hamilton I think the 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 gap between Verstappen and Albon yeah, um, I think... just whew, like really did them kind of a disservice uh, yeah, last year. I... Honestly, I feel bad for Alvin. Um, I like I like Alex Alvin. He's he's a really he's a really nice guy. He's a solid driver, but I think it's another one of those situations, kind of like Lance Stroll, where he's and I I just I don't know. I don't think he was ever going to be like a top driver. You know, I don't think he was ever going to be like a championship caliber driver in F one. Um, I hope yeah. he comes back. I hope I hope he does prove me wrong. Um, I I just personally didn't see it. Um, he he made he had a lot of like awesome overtaking moves, um, but it was always on cars that he should have been ahead in the first place of in the first place. Um, he just couldn't qualify in that car, and I understand maybe the car was hard to drive. Um, but at some point, and Red Bull kind of realized that that hey, at some point you got to stop making excuses and you just have to get it done. Um, if your teammates winning races, you can't be getting lapped. Um, you can't be outside the top ten, things like that, and it it just happened too often. Um, so I think putting Sergio Perez, who is now a race winner, and a 10-year veteran who's kind of proven himself in the sport um, alongside Verstappen is going to be super helpful. Um, oh, yeah. And 
this it, it looks like they're going back to their Vettel formula where they had Vettel next to a, next to a, a veteran in Mark Webber. Um, and I hope it works out for them. The car looks amazing. The car looks a lot better than last year in, in preseason testing. Yeah. Um, so I'm really interested to see see how they do. As far as the teammate battle, I mean, I don't think anyone thinks that Sergio Perez really has a chance against Max Verstappen. Um, the, the kid is, is just a monster. <laughs> I don't... I honestly don't know if anyone on the grid could beat him in the same car, um, Lewis Hamilton included. Um, that's like a 50-50 even between the two of them. I have no idea. So, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, but, I, but for, the, <laughs> for the team itself, per- Perez um, with Verstappen, that's going to be a um, – I think that's only going to be a net gain for them, um, whether, sure. that's, whether that's uh, – whether Perez maybe – you know, scuffling with Botas makes the championship interesting next year. Um, will be a thing to see um, because, especially since we kind of, you know, at this point we kind of expect them to be occupying the first two rows, right? Um, yeah. Some combination of these these well, these two drivers and um, Botas and Hamilton. So, you know, if we're caught, we're looking at Verstappen and Hamilton as the front runners again um, in the drivers' championship and kind of taking those, that one-two position. You know just how well they can prevent the squeeze. Uh, Red Bull can prevent the squeeze from Botas onto uh, Verstappen um, with Perez and whether they actually use him in that way during races um, because Perez is really good. He's a really good driver and he's really. He's kind of proven in that kind of midfield game that he's really scrappy in passing and good at dealing with co- other cars around him. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be, um, I think, interesting to see how they decide team strategy week in and week out, and especially after qualifying is settled and you have your uh, and you have your positions, grid positions for a race day. Um, that's going to be interesting to see. I think that's I think that's kind of what's going to really determine this sort of title fight between these two teams. Yeah, and I think that's this what, year. Yeah, and like you said, that's exactly why they brought Perez in because we know that on on race management, he's he's really good at managing race, managing his tires and things like that. Um, uh-huh. Not the best qualifier. I don't see him qualifying near Verstappen. Um, McLaren might be able to sneak in on him depending on how close they are um, and not qualify him. But I think I think really on race pace and managing those tires is where he really shines. Um, yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think Sergio Perez is gonna kind of be the key to to maybe even if Red Bull isn't in the the constructors fight, I think Perez is gonna be key to getting Max up above Bottas into that second place. In, in even the driver's championship. I think just having him there and not having Mercedes 20 miles down the road and having free pit stops is, is going to create a problem for Mercedes, and I, I look forward to it. For sure, for sure. Same here, same here. Um, speaking of, uh, I think that's it um, yeah, for Red Bull, um, outside of well. all their engine, engine drama, yeah. But uh, speaking of Mercedes... Uh, number one last year. <laughs> number one the last um, uh, seven years. Seven <laughs> years, yep. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of winning. 
a lot of podium places, a lot of podium finishes, a lot of first places, yeah, driver championship. It, I was looking at it when like kind of getting ready for this, and last year, I think out of 17 races, Mercedes, what was it? I think they were off the podium four times, and... Oh, no, they, yeah, they won, so they won 13 out of 17. Yeah. And they were only not on the podium in two out of okay. 17. There we go. Which and is, like, yeah. just it's, out it's of, ridiculous. just out of your mind. Like, okay, which is, which is partly why some of these rule changes are coming into effect. Some would say maybe a couple seasons too late, but, I mean kind of a you know it is what it is um i know the oof but i mean last year the the, the last year the car was just i was last year the car was so fast i was trying to think of one thing to like talk about (laughs) with the the car um there was that um it was that um what was that that increased what was that toe in toe out um, oh the the DOS so yeah so last year they that had that dual axis okay. steering system um basically allowing them to change the toe angle on their on their front their front wheels um and so as far as like actual performance they they said it didn't really do much what what it did allow them to do though was basically re get heat or energy back into their front tires without having to weave back and forth and compromise their rear tires. Um, so it made outlaps and um, and like safety car restarts a lot better for them. Um, so obviously that was outlawed for this year. Um, mm-hmm. So even without it, I don't I don't see that changing much for them. Um, as far as the team themselves, like we said, obviously won won the constructors and drivers championship last year. Um, the third team that's returning returning their driver lineup in Lewis Hamilton and Valtteri Bottas, who have kind of proven that they're a winning, winning formula since 2017. Um, so I guess if, yep. it's, if it's not broke, don't fix it, right? That's the mentality we're going with. Um, as far as going into 2021, um, they're coming off 2020, which was probably their best season ever. And some would say they built the best F1 car ever last year in the W11. Um, they went back to the drawing board, implemented DAS, put in a completely new suspension system, um, kind of wowed everyone, and before we got that engine mode change, they were out qualifying people by a second um, <laughs> on Saturdays. It was it was ridiculous. Um, so coming into this year, I think we all kind of assume or assumed that we were going to get more of the same. Um, but obviously, if for those of us that watched uh, testing, the car didn't look as strong as it did last year. Um, no, no, it did not. No, the back end looked the back end looked slidey. Um, it looked like it was a little unstable. We saw Hamilton spin, I think, two times during testing. Uh-huh. One of which left him beached in the uh, in the gravel, um, yep. and I think it kind of brought up concerns. And Mercedes themselves even said, "Hey, listen, we have an instability on the rear end of our car, and we're not one hundred percent sure what's causing it." Um, so I think I think some people are worried, um, and I just kind of wanted to get your opinion on, on what you think and what you expect as far as Mercedes this year. Um, well, I think Mercedes are gamers. Um, so even if they do have an issue, um, I think maybe, well, knowing that it's obvious watching that there is an issue, um, I think they know exactly what it is (laughs) and they know what's causing the issue. Um, 
and whether they will have it fixed or not that's 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 the kind of thing we're waiting for in the first race i think that you know uncharacteristically we saw some kind of weird reliability issue with both uh, botas's car um hamilton didn't necessarily have any reliability issues but um the snappiness was um was um more of an issue as you know if you hit something obviously your car isn't going to be reliable after that <laughs> it's not going to race um so i think you know i have faith that they'll get those things figured out um um into the first race i know that they won't be able to adjust things throughout this season um so that brings some i guess concern because if well, you I, know, think I doubt they would bring the, it. I was gonna say I think it depends on where the problem's coming from. If it's arrow, they can change arrow. They just can't change like make structural changes essentially. Right, right. So. Yeah, I, and that's what I was. Uh, that's what I was. I guess getting at is that they're not going to bring a just fundamentally flawed car. Just being the team that they are, um, they're not going to bring any car that's like fundamentally flawed there may be some little tweaks to arrow maybe send some air this way send some air that way that may kind of help fix their issue um and i don't think it's anything like super substantial that that they just won't be able to edit before the year starts so i think they'll be fine i think that gap is going to come down though i For think sure. it's definitely not going to be as dominant a year um just with the changes to the floor, with them not having qualifying advantage now for the entire year, and um, the existence of Sergio Perez in their in their main rival on the grid, um, I think it's going to be a tougher year to really be that very very clear front runner um, as a team for the entire season i think lewis hamilton still kind of like runs off with it but only because he is a race winner and a great driver not only because mercedes has the best car on the grid that's what i'm thinking so i i don't buy the hype um i know the car looked unstable on the rear end in 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 testing and the Red Bull looked really good but we know that these cars are mostly rolled over besides a couple arrow changes from last year we know that that Mercedes power unit is a monster um, they Red Bull won two races last year I think to Mercedes is 13 I, I don't see that swinging this this large and I, I know people are hoping that this is gonna be like a, a big like Achilles heel for for Mercedes um, but like you said, this this team has has kind of gone through adversity before and sorted it out, and I think we're going to see the same thing. Um, I don't. I, I also don't think this is like them playing mind games with anyone. I think they really do have an instability issue at the back of their car, but we also have to remember how fast their car was last year. Even with a bit of instability, I think they're going to be just as fast. Um, they're they're going to be very quick, and I think the biggest thing for me that I was looking at is with the calendar. Is we have this first race this weekend. And we just had two weeks after testing. We have this first race, and then we have another two weeks, two-week gap in between this race and the next race. And that's just going to give them time to sort this issue out. They're going to have a whole a whole race weekend's worth of data um, outside of testing where they kind of struggled a bit to really, like, 
sort out exactly what this issue is. Um, I don't, I don't, my prediction for this season, um, as far as the top two is, I think it's going to be another relative runaway. I think it'll be closer. It's not going to be a 250 point, um, swing in the constructors, but I think it's going to be well over a hundred point difference between Mercedes and Red Bull. Um, I, I think another thing that I, I kind of looked at was last year, Botas had probably his worst year in F1. Um, he really struggled um, sh- between struggling and being unlucky. Some things were just unlucky, but I think he also did really struggle last year. I don't know what it was. Um, he just, he wasn't there. He wasn't all there. I don't, I don't know what it was, but I don't think it'll get worse for him. I think he's going to come back a little stronger. I don't think he's going to be anywhere near Hamilton. I think it's still going to be more of the same where he out-qualifies Hamilton in a couple tracks, wins one or two races convincingly, um, does his to who it may concern shtick. Um, and then gets trounced by Hamilton in the long run. Um, but I think he'll be close and closer enough where it's it'll be a little tighter um, between the two of them. Um, and I still see Mercedes running away with this. I don't I don't see Red Bull all of a sudden with like a little error change and uh, upgraded Honda power unit just like jumping over things. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see. I, yeah. I don't see that either. I just think it'll at least be more interesting this year than For it sure. was. Um, last year as a whole um what do you what do you think about um what do you think about all this uh now that we're here all this george russell botas hamilton kind of love triangle at mercedes going on do you um um and you know and and the and the the and how i guess hamilton's one-year deal factors into all of this so I, th- I think Valtteri Bottas is out. I think this is his last year with Mercedes, and I think they're going to take Russell. I just, I, especially if Russell does again this year what he did last year, where he's like consistently putting putting that car into into Q two, and if he gets some points this year, I think it's going to be very hard for Mercedes to look and say, okay, we need to keep Valtteri Bottas because we know what we're going to get with Bottas. He's going to be a, a decent driver. He's a quick guy. Um, I feel bad that he's partnered with Hamilton because he's just never going to beat him. He's Hamilton is Hamilton, you know. Yeah, that's um, that's what made it difficult to watch last year. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I really do rough. feel bad for the guy. Um, but I, I I think they have to bring in they have to bring in George Russell because he's on his last year of his contract with with Williams. If Mercedes doesn't bring him up, someone else on the grid is going to take him, and they can't risk losing the the future of their drivers program. Um, right. For Valtteri Bottas, who is coming up on probably like 32 33 um they they have to they're gonna have to let him go um as far as the hamilton contract i honestly think it was a money thing um so we know that lewis negotiates his contracts himself he doesn't go through his agent who he actually just got rid of um it's basically him and toto sit down and, and hammer out the contracts um so i don't know if you remember but there's a lot of talk kind of going on it has been going on about putting in a driver's salary cap um, in concurrence with the new the new uh, team salary caps. And the person leading right. that fight is Toto Wolf, team principal at Mercedes. Also the guy in charge of negotiating with Lewis for his contract. And my guess, honestly, is that it's a money thing. I mean, we, we speculate because we, we never know what these F1 contracts are, but we speculate that Hamilton was making somewhere around like 40 mil a year. Um, but then if you look at drivers like like Leclerc or 
or Verstappen. Even though they're making crazy money, they're making less than that. And I think, as a whole, the sport is trying to drive down the cost. And that's my guess is that's the sticking point. It's it's a money thing. I don't I don't see anything else being the issue. Um, personally, I don't know what you think, but that's that's kind of where I'm with it. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, there's also the um, folks talking about Hamilton retiring, quote unquote. Like, uh, yeah. Uh, my only question uh, there with that is. I, he, I don't think he's not going to be on a track. I think he, I think he enjoys motorcycle racing. Um, that's always like the secondary rumor, right? Or has been for the last couple of years um, that he that he does enjoy two wheel racing, um, and has done done a bit of it. Like I guess what was within his contract to be able to do, um, but I don't. I mean, he's already he's already what tied the record for most titles. I see him trying to break that this year. Um, he's already got the record for race wins. Like you know, it, you know, it, it's sort of like a Michael Jordan thing. You like, all right, I've done what I can do. Take a year off, see what's what, and then send that letter in, that fax in, saying I'm back. You know, I kind of, I could see, I could see Lewis Hamilton doing something like that because he is kind of the Michael Jordan of F one. Um, but who knows if that, you know, that's like the long shot guess. Like yeah, he, I don't know. I him think, retiring. I think once he walks away, he walks away. I think once he retires, it's not going to be like an Alonzo leave and come back a couple times thing. I think it's just going to be, I'm, I'm out of here, and we're almost never going to see Lewis Hamilton again. Um, I don't think he's going to be one of those guys that keeps coming back to the track, things like that. It's, he's going to be gone. I'll, but I also don't see him retiring for 2022 just because it doesn't really make sense to me. I guess if he wins the, his eighth this year, which is pretty likely, um, I get it, walking away when you're at the top. But a lot of people are saying they think he's you know going to just like kind of like see what the new regulations look like. And I'm like, you can't really see what they look like until you are there. So yeah, I feel like he has yeah, to come back for twenty two. Um, I think we'll see him sign on for another year or two um, with Mercedes to test the beginning of the new regulations. And if if it's not going well, then then he'll walk away. But I don't see him walking away at the end of this year. Uh, That's fair. That's seem, fair to me at least. I don't know. I don't. I don't see it. But we'll see. I mean, we, yeah, we'll we will see that. I mean, yeah. I I don't know. Um. He's seen, you know, he's always had his energy kind of in in racing for sure, but he's all, also always been that, that guy that's been involved in other things yeah, outside sure. of racing on a, I guess, a larger scale than um, other F1 drivers, at least yeah. that we can see. He's, he's been, he's, uh, he's way more visible um, yeah. than a lot of the, a lot of the field. Um, so I don't know. It, I I can see something large like that happening that that yeah. you know go and out with the confetti falling sort of thing um, for but sure. uh, I just, yeah well, it, it's it's all up in the air yeah so I mean we'll see I think I think we'll know more as the season goes on um, and I, I think whatever happens between Botas and and Russell will, will kind of tell us because I 
I think that'll probably happen halfway through the season, and depending on what they do with Botox, we'll kind of know where Hamilton stands or what the team expects Hamilton to do. Um, yeah. But as of now, I kind of take them at their word where it was just a timing thing, and, and I think there was also money involved too um, as far as why he only did a one year, but to be seen. Um, yep. But I definitely see yep. George Russell being in that Mercedes in 2022 and Valtteri Botas. I, I kind of see him going back to Williams. I see him as a Williams driver again for 22. Hmm. But we'll see. Hmm. That would be interesting. All right. Um, so um, I think that's all the teams. I think that's um, all the teams. We kind of went through the constructors' predictions and kind of driver matchups, teams. Yeah. Um, individual driver performances we definitely see some people improving just based off of their new situation um, and some people kind of getting put in awkward situations in some cases that are gonna I guess you know play themselves out as the year goes on um, yeah um, I'm I'm really I really want to see this first this first race, I think, yeah. that's gonna kind of, kind of set the tone, at, um, yeah, with Looking it being full Sunday, season. I'm, I'm kind of sad. I'm gonna, probably gonna be watching the race late because I'm gonna be driving back from Tampa um, during the race, which I'm really sad about. So I'll probably watch it after, which stinks because I'll I hope it doesn't get spoiled. I have to be on Twitter, but that's fine. Um, um, yeah, yeah. Stay, out, stay off my timeline. <laughs> yeah. um, before we head out. I wanted to kind of, like, do something where we each just pick one or two things. Like, one or two, like, off-the-wall predictions that we have for the season. It can be anything. It can literally be, like, teammate A beats teammate B. Um, this person crashes out of X number of races. Is that the other? And I just wanted to, like, each kind of pick, like, an off-the-wall prediction and see see if it comes true at the end of the season. All right. Throw some oh, so we get to be Charles so Barkley. All right, let's do it. I, I had mine <laughs> yes, already. Charles... Charles Barkley of F1. Let's go. Hi, right, let's, let's uh, start with Tori then. Let's yeah, Daniel Ricciardo will finish second in the Drivers' Championship. Second, going all the yeah. way to P2. Just yeet that up there. Yeah. Is that behind bro. Verstappen or Hamilton? That's behind Hamilton. Hamilton. All right, so you're you're going Hamilton, Ricciardo, and then P3 Verstappen or both us. I'd say Verstappen. Verstappen. So Hamilton, Ricciardo, Verstappen. I respect it. Oh. Interested to see. Shoo. That's good. Oh, man. Okay. Um, well, she, yeah, he's, uh, let's see. Oh, this is supposed to be, like, off the wall. Um, I think Lance Stroll crashes out of even more races than he did in 2020. Uh, I'm going to set it at six out of 23 okay I think mine I'm gonna go with is Sunoda outscores Gasly which we'll see I I, I don't know man something about Sunoda I like, I like the kid and I'm, I'm going Sunoda outscores Gasly he's spunky man I can see I'm, it he's I'm spunky it, bro. I think alright I think that kid's gonna I'm be rolling. something um alright so we need to write these down, put them in a jar, bury them. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna write them down, right. and, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, hey man, if my guy get, hits six before the middle of the season, I need like some kind of award or something. <laughs> <laughs> this man somehow crashes out of six races before mid mid season. 
Oh. Uh, that won't happen. You don't you, you don't see it happening, but then you do. <laughs> but then you do. It's possible. We'll see. Uh, but, I, I'm gonna from last year. I'm gonna take two of the crashes away from him. The one that was in Mugello, where like he had a tire failure, or possibly ran over. Yeah, the just kind of sent him into the wall. Yeah. Actually, that's the I was I was also gonna say Bahrain, but I think that was kind of his fault where he got flipped. That was that was his fault. Yeah. Yeah. yeah fault. He shouldn't have been. Yeah, he shouldn't fault. have been doing that. <laughs> he shouldn't yeah, have that, been doing that. that. He knows that. <laughs> he knows better. Come on. Then that's what I'm saying. It, if he doesn't improve that, he's it's gonna happen even more because he's gonna have a faster teammate. Yeah, he's gonna be right there. You push it. Yeah, in, so. um, we're, I'm interested to see. I don't know. I, I think Stroll's done good. So my thing with Lance Stroll and uh, uh, never mind. We'll talk about this another time. Um, I think that's all. That's all yeah. we have. I mean, that's good look at the 2021 season. We have the first race coming up, first practice in three days, um, on Friday. I don't know if you guys are big practice watchers, but I, I'm a loser, so I watch practice. Um, I'm a big practice and qualifying yeah, watcher, so yes, yeah. loser checking in. All right. Um, so, yeah, first weekend coming up, and looking forward to it. Uh, looking forward to watching Tori watch his first, his first full F1 season this year. Um, now, now, if we could, now, if we could stream this together somehow, like a watch party... Yeah. One um, of these things that we be should dope. be able to figure it out. We'll we'll figure it out. Not for the first race because, yeah. like I said, I won't be here. But starting on the second that's race, right. definitely we'll we'll sort something out. Um, yeah, guys. Um, I think that's all we have for you guys today. Um, thanks for hanging out and rocking with us, and we'll catch you guys next week for our race one review of the Bahrain GP. Yeah, it's gonna be. Hopefully, it's gonna be a great race. Quick one, fast one. Gonna shake out a lot of what's gonna happen this season. Can't wait. All the questions for us. All right, guys, take it easy. All right. Sounds good. Do we say goodbye? Like, do we, what do we, is it, is it an Irish goodbye? What do we do here? I think we just leave it. Uh, yeah, just leave it. All right. Walk out, close the door. I think we just leave it.